I'm Blake Hargreaves, and this is Season 2 of Future Stops. We're very excited to be back, bringing you more of the sounds and stories of the 21st century pipe organ experience. We begin this season with the first in a series of programs exploring the rich history of organ building in Canada. Throughout the year, we'll examine the craft, the traditions, and the incredible music that has continued for generations in these magnificent workshops across the country. The pipe organ you hear is a 1927 Cassavant at the Notre Dame Basilica in Quebec City, which is currently under restoration. Today, in this first episode of our Canadian Organ Builders series, we travel to St. Hyacinth, Quebec, and speak with Danny Wiseman and Simon Couture at the legendary house of Cassavant, a place where both of our guests never expected to work. I was called. I, I, I really like to say that. Um, I ne- never imagined I would work here, actually. And it will be uh, 30 years in Jan- January of, 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 of next year. So uh, Jacqueline Rochette was, was a classmate of me, was a bit older. And uh, well, he, he really just called me one day and said, well, we, 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 we do have a position here or, or opening. Could, could be, this be of interest to you? And um, my uh, thing was to, to work in the uh, academia. And, uh, but you know, I said, well, why not? Let's try this. So I came for the interview and they picked me and yeah. And so it's how I, I, I started as easy as that. I'm afraid that my story will be a bit more complicated than small. Um, so let's say, uh, as I told you, I had my first organist job, a uh, printed organist job in, in the V for 13 years, uh, years. And then I came to Montreal. And then something happened, uh, how to explain that? So just my, my path changed. So I was also used, like, okay, I had a sideline. I was a, a choir conductor. And then this part of my career just took a, a bit more place. Uh, so I had more choirs to conduct and then the orchestra came. So I just started become, becoming a choir and orchestra conductor for operas. I've also been a teacher at Faith School here in Montreal. So I was a choir teacher for 10 years. And I and suddenly, I think in 2011, I just kind of decided to stop play, to play organ in concerts. So I was, I was just having less time to, to for practicing and preparing concerts. In brackets, you have to know that Simon is also a very good friend of mine. So we know each other for more than 20 years. So uh, because he's from Levy and I was uh, the organist at Notre Dame de Levy. So it's it's there we met for the first time and we just became good friends since then. And I think it was just obvious for me that I was coming back to the organ world. So my first love always has been organ. You know, I've been dreaming of organ <laughs> since I'm a little kid. I was uh, studying at the Petit Chanteur de la Maîtrise in Quebec City. So it's uh, a boy choir school. And uh, I've been in contact with pipe organ since I'm, since I'm eight years old. And I was very, uh, I, mean, I just remember the first time I've been in contact with the pipe organ sitting next to the big pipes. I was so impressed. It really hit me at the time. 
And this is what came back, uh, you know, when Simon asked me, so would you consider it to, again to work for Casala? And I said, okay, that's, that's a sign. I'm coming back to the organ world, my first love, my first passion. Wiseman's passion for the pipe organ could not find a better place than the House of Cassavant, which has a history that dates back more than 140 years when the sons of a very musical family decided to try something new. Um, you know, the, the, the firm was founded in 1879, you know, by two, two brothers, Claver and Samuel Cassavant. And so they, they ran the firm, uh, you know, all their lives, you know, so for some, some 50 years. And, um, and after that, you know, the, the, the brothers passed away in 29 and 33. That was a really tough time uh, at the time, you know. So there was the financial crash and then the war. And uh, it, it's amazing that the team of people who succeeded them really were, they were tough, really. They were really, you know, kept kept the boat afloat. And uh, they were very, very creative. You know, we had to, to start making furniture in 1938, you know, and small instruments that were series organs and build new organs, reusing old parts and all of this. So that really took us up to, to the late 50s. And then, you know, there has been a major, would say a major shift in, in the tonal style of, of the company uh, from the late 50s when L L L Lawrence Phelps, you know, became tonal director at Casaba. And that time, you know, the, the, these few years, it's, it's amazing to think that, you know, the Casaba from 1957 and the Casaba from 1961 were built by the very same people. But, you know, it's like two worlds. It, it's why it was not the same firm uh, anymore. So uh, Mr. Phelps was with us, you know, up to uh, uh, 72. And then Gerhard Brunzema, who was from Germany, became, became tonal director. In the 70s, the company was sold, you know, so and we had a new own ownership at the time uh, that lasted some 40 years. And then here we are today, you know, 142 years later. I think the, you know, for a firm like us, you know, to go through the different trends, I would even see the different fads of organ building and, and adapt and thrive. Uh, that, that's really remarkable. Um, that, that's, it's actually for us, it's a humbling, if I may say. So that's really for me after 30 years, so what's the most remarkable to see when you look back, how Casava and the people who made Casava were able to adapt, you know, to, to the needs expressed by, 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 by the musicians and were not the, the dogmatic about that. And to see that today, you know, in 2021, we, we're still thriving. We have much work, you know, in North America, Canada, the United States and Asia, both building new organs and doing restorative work. I wondered when uh, you talked about the German director who came in in the 70s, if that was a response to the mid-century uh, neo-baroque uh, fad uh, at all that sort of swept through Europe at the time. Yeah, we can see that. I think, you know, when Gerard, Gerard Brunzema, you know, well, we have, we have to, put, to put this into context. You know, 
Lawrence Phelps, you know, who has been here to our director from 58 to 72, was, was, was a big star, a big name in the organ world. And the, the style of organ building, he, you know, he brought here at, at Casaba. Uh, you know, th that was the thing to do at the time. And with Gerhard Brunzema, I think after Phelps left, it was a way to go further, further and to probably also, let's say this, to, to, to be kind of more, um, try to find the word, to be more uh, um, true, I would say, to a style. You know, the German Baroque style uh, was, uh, you know, was, was really in vogue at the time. And, you know, Lawrence Phelps had done some, some very, very good things. So with Gerhard Brunzem, it was a way to go further in that. But it, it, interestingly, um, you know, the, the first, uh, I would say, quote, quote, to quote, French style organs we built in the 1970s was, were the, the designed by Brunzema. And uh, right now we're restoring, you know, the large 78 Casabat St. Saint Peter Cathedral in Erie, Pennsylvania. And, and it's really re remarkable. I remember the first time I visited there, well, I had some expectations, you know, for a sound, but I was not expecting uh, a sound that was so not German from, from 1978. So I really feel, feel if, even if Mr. Brunsen has not been here for many years, I, I feel that um, uh, his legacy here should, should be known more and better. Every person who contributes to pipe organ building in Canada leaves a unique legacy to our shared cultural heritage. It's this heritage, going back to the beginnings of European settler culture, that firms like Cassavant felt they could draw on to forge a new tradition. I think, you know, they, well, in a town like here, you know, and well, everywhere, I think in Quebec and uh, across Canada, there was no woods, woods, wood workers. People knew how, how to how to hold a hammer and, and a woodcutter. So I think picking up on these skills, you know, the kids were learning at home basically. And um, a metal workers did the same thing, you know. So, um, you know, like Joseph Casaba, we know, was a blacksmith. So we knew about soldering. So to make pipes, you need the solder. In Quebec, I think, you know, it also started, there's a story here, because when Samuel Warren came from, from Boston uh, in 1836, I think, uh, well, he was the builder at the time, except that he was he, he Protestant. So the clergy in Quebec really didn't like that. And so the, the year after, you know, that school, that's really where it started here, you know, in St. Therese, there's a father du, du Charme there who started a school for organ building and, uh, and invited people. So it started Joseph Casaba. Uh, arrived there at the age of 37. But the very same year, actually, uh, Louis Mitchell started in St. Therese as a student. So they all know each other. You know, they had that shop and they built some organs around, like in Laval, Joseph Casaba moved to Ottawa with some people. So it's really how it started. And of course, you know, the, the, the church was flourishing here. So there was, uh, 
very, very interesting opportunities. When you travel in Quebec, you go to these country churches with these larger instruments, and there was some pride there. And now, uh, with the new technology um, of this century, um, there must be um, some kind of adaptation that's happening. And how, as a as a company, do you find a vision to incorporate the the new technologies into the organs? Yeah, so there's a lot of way to incorporate new technologies. Uh, of course, we won't change uh, the way a pipe organ is built you know it's basically we we, we start from scratch uh like it is well explained in the dumbbell treatise you know it basically it's always same uh, it's always built at this, in the same way but now with the new technology it really allows us to make more things you know to give more flexibility to the instrument so let's say for example um with all the new uh, electronic systems now developed by companies like uh, SSOS or uh, Sinzine Company. Now we can ask for uh, special programmation. And so let's say we can uh, do, yeah, basically whatever we want. So now if you, for example, want to compose your own cornet on the organ, so of course you have a three ranks or five rank cornet, but now where it goes, it's uh, you can take a stop from a division with another division, another stops, and then you're just you can. It's like a computer; you can do whatever you want. So now uh, it, it goes far like that. It also simplifies the life of the organist. And uh, so recently, we also have installed uh, you know a page turner, Bluetooth page turner. So which I found really fantastic. So now you can play. So more more musicians now play with their iPads, with their tablets, uh, Android things. And that's so you can have your music score and then you have a, a, a topistan and you, it, it, it flips your page it's fantastic so now no more page turner no more assistance on uh, you know, on your left and on your right so the combination systems now are really really uh, well developed and it allows things like that this combination of old world craftsmanship and new world technology is on full display in their current renovation of the organ at notre dame basilica in quebec city a complex project seeking to preserve the many phases and styles the organ has adapted to over the years, while also restoring the sound of the original 1927 instrument. Well, there are many things actually, you know, so to, to develop the, the plan for Quebec City was, was a team effort, really. So I've, uh, must say I've been in charge, you know, of de developing the, the plan with the organist, with, 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 with Mark Danjou. And I really, our, our so, tonal director, uh, Alain Gonneau, played a big, big role in that, in assessing the condition of the pipe work to see what, you know, what can we do with the pipes in, in the condition they are. And um, so that was really a, a, a team effort we made. We made together to come with a plan that that works, and of course, in, in workshops, our, our other craftspeople have a specific role in the project. So right now, the voicers are working hard, you know, to come to complete some of the to, to, to tonal work. Uh, the, the 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 people the, we, refurbishing the, the refurbishing the console are, are make, making good progress we received the, the solid state system that we will wire 
but that's really I think all the you know the the I would say the, the cumulative experience we have here you know all of us you know uh, building new organs uh, and doing all all types of restorative work you know from historic restoration so we know these Kazaban from the twenties very well but also you know we have rebuilt instruments refurbished tonally enhanced existing pipe organ. So all that experience put together uh, really helped to develop a plan that we knew even on paper how, how it would stand. And like I imagine with the voicing that's going on right now, if you change just one reed in the organ, you probably have to revoice every stop to make sure that they blend correctly. And so is that done inside the church or can you do that in the workshop? both actually we we do the pre-voicing here and of course yeah you're right you know it everything has to to work together like like in a choir you you cannot have one one singer who who screams you know when you want the the, the, the choir to work well so i think you know so alengono set you know the, the the pipe scales and for the new ranks and uh gave uh, instructions to the voicer about what to do with the existing ranks of pipes so they all work together you know uh, uh on on the same road if i may say they all work to together to create so, something cohesive of course here we will keep you know the the, the pipe work uh, a bit on on the shy side if i may say you know so make sure everything works that from one note to the next, you know, that we have the same uh, quality of tone. But the real work is done on site. So um, when we're all done with the vo voices, we'll spend many weeks in, in, in the room, you know, to make sure the organ sounds as, as good as, as it can in the room. And then there's a, there's a story about the acoustic in this church and the organ. So when they, they refurbished the organ in 1983, it was, I think, for the, the Pope's visit at the time. So when the builders uh, just finished their work, um, the parish decided to change the floor. Okay, So it was kind of a linoleum and they installed the cer ceramic tiles. So it changes everything if you change one material in the church it affects all the acoustic of course and how the organ sounds uh so it's a really funny because uh we all found that the refurbished organ was a bit too loud in the church actually and because of that you know that change so because of the uh, ceramic ties you know it just makes the difference so like okay so the organ was screaming and all the the, the, the high pitch sounds were too uh, aggressive because of that but at the same time the uh, the ceramic ties it helps to have a, a bit of more reverb and have more sound reflecting in the church I, i'm guessing i'm sure that the leoneum was maybe a bit too absorptive you know that really absorbs the sound responding to the many fine details that contribute to the sound of a pipe organ be it linoleum floors or cedar ceilings or the shape of the church, falls under the purview of the craftspeople in the voicing department. To learn what's involved in the voicing process, we visit with head voicer Sebastian Cardos in a tuning room at the St. Hyacinth workshop. Maybe I can show you and explain all the, uh, the steps because 
here in my uh, voicing room, this is the first step of uh, the voicing. There's like there's three steps. The first step in the voicing room, we voice uh, each stop separately. When I receive a pipe from the uh, uh, pipe maker department, there's almost no sounds. So my job is to create the appropriate sounds in relation with the stop pipe. First step, I have to cut the opening here that we would call the mouth. I take my uh, proportional uh, divider and uh, just make a little mark. So it's like uh, almost a dentistry uh, work. <laughs> If I open this small opening here, the windway, so it, if I open just a, a little bit, it will give more clarity. So, and if I open a little bit here, in the hole here in the feet, it's give just more volume. Okay, then after. Okay. So still new sounds, almost. I'll take this little tube. And I will move the language. So when I move the language, the wind wave, the direction of the wind, just change. Okay. So you you'll hear. See. Now to reach the pitch, I have to make a hole in the pipes to create the harmonic sound. So, about a hole, about uh, three, four millimeters. See, it changed. So now we have the fruit effect that we want. And I want an attack, a very smooth attack. Just a little bit, a little bit, For me, it's not, you know, we, we need some volume. If you compare to... Give more volume. See? And then, I have to tune. Okay. to retune maybe two or three minutes after because you know I hold with my hand so that the the warm the the, the, the pipes is you know with the with the heat of my hand so it changes the, the, the tuning of the, the, the pipes.
You're listening to the Future Stops podcast, an initiative of the Royal Canadian College of Organists. My name is Blake Hargreaves, and I'm your host as we explore the world of the 21st century organ. We just heard today's feature piece, Denis Bedard's Rhapsody sur le nom de la voix, performed by Bedard on the Cassavon organ at Notre Dame Basilica in Quebec City, an organ which is currently being restored by the firm. Cassavon builds organs for churches and concert halls all over the world, but it's in Canada where we find some of their oldest, most famous instruments and most engaging current projects. Uh, we're grateful to have, you know, so, so much work in Canada, actually. You know, people don't, we always talk about, you know, the new organs going to the U.S. and Asia and this and that, but I must say we're really doing work in our country, you know, we we're restoring the 1929 Casavant organ and ascension of our church in Westmount. Uh, we're also doing the, uh, restorative work on the 1926 Casavant, the parish church of Saint-Denis-sur-le-Richelieu uh, nearby. And we have completed the first phase of work at St. Joseph Cathedral, Edmonton. And uh, finally, we have just completed um, the uh, major rebuild and enlargement and enlargement of the 1933 Casavant Organ at St. Andrews Wesley United Church in Vancouver. So we work coast to coast. As a musician, I, uh, you know, I, I'm proud when, when I finish a, a pipe organ here in Quebec or in Canada or in even in, in Asia or in the United States, I'm always proud at the end that, you know, there's a, a little bit of me inside and, but not only me, but the, 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 all, all the team. And uh, we, we, uh, we always uh, want that the, the instrument will, will stay maybe for 100 years. The craft of building a pipe organ is an incredibly complicated enterprise. Until the Industrial Revolution, these instruments were the most complex creations ever made. The mixture of woodwork, leather crafting, metallurgical expertise, and sonic sensitivity is a smorgasbord of old-world steampunk-type eccentricity that provides endless interest and enjoyment and wonder. There's so much to talk about when it comes to the art of composing for the organ, the art of performance, accompanying liturgical events, and contemporary adventures in sound. And we covered a lot of this last season, and we will continue to. This season, we're happy to shine a bit more light up in the organ loft, in the intricate workings that produce the unrivaled acoustic experience of live pipe organ music. We'd like to thank our guests, Danny Wiseman, Sebastien Cardos, and Simon Couture from Casavant for joining us today. And thank you for listening to the episode. Join us on social media at Future Stops and Future Stops Podcast, where you can see photos of Casavant's incredible workshop and bring your voice to the conversation telling us what excites you about pipe organ building. Future Stops is a podcast from the Royal Canadian College of Organists, produced by Andrew O'Connor, with Haley Raymond as community manager and executive producer Elizabeth Shannon. I'm your host, Blake Hargreaves.